Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. The Force will be with you, always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Galactic Republic, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and various mercenary factions vie for control of the galaxy in a seemingly never-ending conflict known as the Clone Wars. Caught in the middle of this epic struggle, the Jedi Knights strive to maintain order and civility in a deadly game that is being manipulated by the Dark Lords of the Sith. From the war-torn front lines, Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their dedicated team of analysts emerge as voices of truth and stability in these dark and deceptive times. Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 83, Breaking Cast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me we have the Han Solo to my Chewbacca. We have Carl Leclerc. Hmm, yeah. Hey, Jason. Hey, so Carl. good. I love, uh, this is like the fourth episode where I get to be Han Solo. You know me so well. Yes, I do. So I'll see but you wait, now. There's more. <laughs> oh, what, what's that you say? But wait, there's more. Uh, we are not alone here. This is not just a Wampus Lair podcast. The other half of this show, I'm going to introduce it to Michael Cohen. Yeah, uh, so welcome to a, a brand new episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. As well, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, along with me, uh, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Say hi, Matt. Hey, what's up? <laughs> what's going on? Uh, everybody's <laughs> podcasting tonight. Sorry. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Carl, Jason, and I just got off. Uh, I don't. Was it a geek out loud? Was it a Star Wars report? Was it a big honking show? Nobody knows what it was. <laughs> and so I thought, like, well, Matt and I are about to record and talk about about this crazy news, and uh, why not just have Carl and Jason join us? And uh, and I guess vice versa. So now everybody's on everybody's podcast, and and the world was a better place for it. So yes, I would agree with that. What <laughs> a testament to Star Wars fandom. We're all like, we all want to talk about this. Let's do yeah. it together. Yeah, but none of us are on 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 Rebel Force Radio, which makes me sad. Oh yeah, tears. <laughs> Steve will get to go on and talk about it for the rest of us. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's the big news? I mean, uh, we kind of knew everything, right? So big news, news, there's a Rebels trailer coming on Sunday. What? Huge oh, news. Right. Yeah. Oh, man, that's amazing. We'll actually Jeez. see something that's not, you know, cobbled together two-second clips. Yes. Yeah. Um, huh. Unless I missed something else today. Did I miss something, Jason? Um, I think there was something. Carl, Carl, did we miss hmm. something? Because I feel like there's this big elephant in the room and i'm just not seeing it did barack obama and george bush become co-presidents <laughs> no that's oh. fictional um i believe what we got was a big casting announcement for a new star wars film 
um, episode seven, Rise of the Jar Jar. <laughs> um, Whoa. I don't know if you guys are aware of this new movie. Coming if the out. word rise is anywhere in that title, I am going to flip out because I'm so sick of everything <laughs> being called rise, which is which is humorous, coincidental, not ironic. Uh, because uh, the the right after this portion, as we talk about this big news, Matt and I are going to talk all about Rise of Clovis, which I thought was just a little bit on the nose of a title. <laughs> but uh, the Rise, everything's Rise. The Dark Knight Rises, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Bread Rises, everything rises, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. Let's let's not have a, a rise yeah. in. Um, the title of episode seven, but yeah, yes, Jesus rises last Sunday. Hey, that's so. true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that, I mean, true. We're doing that for, for you know two thousand years, so that's. <laughs> I think that's okay. Leave that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but this, yeah, this is so, not fiction, folks. This is not ahead. fiction. We actually have a casting announcement. I, I'm as shocked as you are. Um, but yes, let's let's discuss this thing. There's a whole bunch of new character, uh, new actors, in addition to a whole bunch of uh, old friend, old familiar faces. So I'm excited about this. Uh, uh, who wants to start picking this apart first? Uh, here I will. You know what? Let let me do the honors of running down the list real quick. Uh, okay. So the big part, the the first part of the news is uh, the the uh, the classic. Uh, trio, along with uh, with a couple others, have returned for episode seven. So that is Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Kenny Baker, Anthony Daniels, and Peter Mayhew all returning for Star Wars episode seven. And along with them, a whole new cast of actors: uh, John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, Oscar Isaac, Andy Serkis, uh, Domhnall Dom Gleeson. Butchered that, I'm sure. And uh, Max von Sydow will all join the original stars of the saga and uh, make for what sounds like it's going to be an incredibly epic Episode 7. So uh, yeah. we no longer have to talk about this like it's a rumor. We no longer have to talk about these these actors as if they are contending for the roles. It's official. Uh, the, 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 the original three are back. And so many of these actors that have been rumored over the last couple of months are now uh, official. And along with it, some really big surprises like Andy Serkis and, uh, yes. and Max von Sydow, who are going to lend some excellent credibility to to this next uh, uh, chapter in the Star Wars saga. So uh, huge, huge news. Uh, let's, let's go. Uh, Matt, you haven't gotten to talk about this to anybody yet. So, uh, what do you think? The original three, along with Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Kenny Baker, all returning for Episode 7. How do you feel about that? So, obviously, I'm not too surprised. Uh, we've kind of known about this, and there's been lots of rumors. And, uh, you know, not a big surprise, but still, still, I'm, I'm happy to see all of them back, especially four, because I know he's, you know, he's kind of like the grumpy old man now. And, and to see him sitting in the chair chatting with... Uh, with uh, JJ and that picture that everybody's seen by now, I, you sent me the text, uh, or no, Chris sent me the picture mm-hmm. earlier this morning, and you you uh, mentioned it. So uh, just seeing that was kind of cool. And, and but I think I'm most intrigued by this new cast, and like you said, Max von Sydow, he kind of does that uh, Christopher Lee 
um, Terrence Stamp type of thing that like we heard from the, the prequels. And now you got uh, Max. I remember him from Flash. I mean, this is a long time ago. Flash Gordon, uh, back in the early '80s. Queen doing the soundtrack. I mean, it was it was pretty. The movie was as a kid, I thought it was cool, but when you look back at it now, it's just like, oh man, that's pretty <laughs> bad. But that's where I remember Max Vincito from, and and he's, of course he's done a ton of other things. So that is a crazy cool uh, casting member. But here's another one, Mike Circus. Andy Serkis, this guy has been doing what, uh, um, who was, who played I'm at Jar Jar? Uh, God, I'm at best, right? So I'm at best is the one that started this off and then Circus come in and, and he does his thing with, with Gollum and all, and King Kong. I am really excited to see what he is doing. Is he going to, here's the big thing. Is he going to do a CG character or is he going to have his own part? I mean, you would think that he's going to do some type of CG work because he's so good at it and he's, and he's. You know, Gollum is just fantastic. And then the other one that really um, I'm kind of really intrigued by is this Adam Driver. And only because of the look. I mean, this guy has, to put it nicely, a peculiar kind of look. You know what I mean? And, and he just looks like he's going to be a bad guy. You know, and, and I don't know. And there's been, there's been um, some, some rumblings about, is this cast? I mean, is this girl, uh, what's her name? Um, Daisy, is she going to be the daughter, you know, or is Driver going to be the son of the of uh, Solos or something like that, you know? And then this other guy, uh, Don Hall Gleason, he's the son of Brendan Gleason, who's a big time actor. He's been in Braveheart, and he's always he always plays like the tough guy. This Gleason kid is uh, God, he, just the pictures. He looks like Obi Wan with a beard and all that. Not that he's going to be a Obi Wan or a descendant or anything, but he just has that look of like he, he could be a Jedi as well. So. I, I, those are the two that I'm really intrigued about, especially Circus um, and this driver kid, because he just looks, he just has this weird look, man. He just looks like he might be an evil character. And, uh, of course, Max Monsito, that, he, that totally came out of nowhere. I didn't see that one coming. Nobody saw that one coming. That was a big, a big surprise. But, of course, having you know, the big four or five back, fantastic. And then this new cast, I mean, uh, really excited. I didn't think I was going to be mm-hmm. this, this excited, Mike, about a casting but everybody's talking about it. The, the internet blew up. StarWars.com went down for a few minutes. I mean, it was crazy. And, and this is just the beginning. Well, I, I posted beginning, on so. Twitter that I, I remember when everybody said that we would never get the same kind of hype that we got with Episode 1. Yeah. And yeah. I, I feel like all the people who have said that, uh, they're probably going to defend that point. But I think that they're wrong if, if they try and say that Episode 7 isn't reaching that level i don't know that we're gonna get midnight walmart openings so that people can buy (laughs) terrible hasbro action figures but i but i do think that the the pop culture consciousness is taking to this in the exact same fashion if not like with a more fevered pace than uh than with episode one just by virtue of the fact that now we have social media i mean think about it we didn't have podcasts that wasn't a thing when episode right, right, one was right. announced and came out. It wasn't even a thing when episode two came out. It really wasn't until episode three that we started to have these these uh, real great communities on the internet to talk about this stuff. So for the first time ever, uh, with this huge fan community infrastructure, we're talking about episode seven. So this casting news has just exploded the internet. Uh, 
unlike anything before it, with the exception of the Star Wars Disney acquisition and uh, and the announcement of seven eight nine in the first place. So so yeah, it, I mean it's huge news. I'm excited. Yeah. I I love all yeah. of the choices. I. Uh, Jason, Carl, what, yeah. what do you, what do you guys think? Well, uh, I'm incredibly excited, but I, I just want to uh, address the point that uh, Matt brought up just a second ago. You said that you know Daisy Ridley. A lot of people are are thinking she might be the daughter of Han and Leia, and I think there's some credibility to that. If you look at the picture, like I'm looking at it right now, mm-hmm. where she is sitting, yeah. she is sitting between Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Um, and so, right. and point, I don't yeah. think it's an accident the way that they arrange the people sitting in the circle. No, usually. you don't. You don't get to sit next to Harrison Ford just because, especially <laughs> when you're one of the newbies, right? <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. Like if you're sitting next to Harrison Ford and having a, a little chit chat with Carrie Fisher, you know, the princess herself, I, it's it's for a very good reason, you know. Right. So right. yeah. So. I would not be surprised if she is the daughter of uh, Han and Leia there. So, um, but it, to address the whole general cast at the moment, you know, I'm the, the the one that blew me away that I'm most excited about that we had no idea was coming is Andy Serkis because, and I, and I said this on the big yeah. geek out loud Star Wars report, whatever it was uh, earlier tonight, but um, because. Andy Serkis could literally play anybody. Anybody. He could play a hero. He could play a villain. He could play a smuggler. He could play an alien. He could be a CG. He could be a human. He could be in makeup. You know, He could literally do anything on this film, and it would be amazing. So I'm just excited to see what he will do, what amazing thing he's going to bring out of this, because, um, you know, while it's there's a good possibility he'll be doing at least something with CG due to his familiarity with doing that uh, stuff in previous films. Um, He's such a phenomenal actor on his own that he doesn't have to do that. So I'm just excited to see what that's going to be. Um, And, you know, excited to see what this new crop of actors that I'm, you know, barely that you know i only know of because they're on this announcement uh you know what they're capable of and what they're going to bring to the table and how they're going to solidify their names in the star wars saga you know this is going to be this is exciting so um i think you're on to something jason about that picture too I, I didn't, it didn't even dawn on me until you said that and then you're kind of looking around the room and you're going wow i think you're on to something about her sitting in between it's all because it looks like they're at either a script reading or just a script mm-hmm. read through yeah so it, it would make sense that they would position people as far as uh you know, well, maybe their relationship well, the, or whatever so the I'm captions sure of all the pictures too say it's a table reading so they're obviously reading through the script yeah table so reading. they're you know jason that's yeah. a great point you know the way um daisy Ridley even looks you know she's having a like a little private chat sesh with uh carrie fisher Harrison's talking to JJ, probably telling him how to direct the film. Um, <laughs> you know, Mark Hamill's kind of like chatting with C, you know C three PO, aka Anthony Daniels. Um, you know, it's it, that's a really good point, Jason. Just again, like this is the freedom we as Star Wars fans have is we have one picture, and we could we could probably talk about this for an hour. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of easily, sad, but, yeah. um, but that's a really good point you bring up, Jason. You know, I mean, you've got. 
you know, looking straight ahead, you know, well, obviously you have R2 in a box. Um, and uh, R2 has know, to be there. Right. Um, <laughs> you don't see Kenny Baker in this picture. Um, I'm just curious how they're going to use him because, Jason, yeah. maybe you can clarify this or maybe Matt or uh, Mike, you can too. But because Kenny Baker is technically in the prequels, but is he actually inside R2 at all in the prequels? Because I felt like, I mean, I know he was in the original trilogy because they kind of needed him to be, mm-hmm. but I'm fairly certain by the time we got to the prequels, that was no longer necessary. There's, so, a, there's a few shots that have Kenny Baker in an R2. Um, okay. But it's it's not very many. And it's there because, you know, as far as I'm aware, it's there. He's there because he's been a part of the saga and they want to keep him involved. Um, okay. Especially, you know, as far as the prequels were concerned, especially when they got to uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, but yeah, that was my other thing because Kenny Baker is is not young and he's had some health problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, looked, I mean, he looked awful when we were at C six. Yeah. I mean, he and, looked, he looked in very poor health. Yeah, and uh, he's been unable to leave England for a while due to some of his health issues. So I'm I'm wondering if they're really going to use him or if he's just going to be, uh, you know, in here nominally because they want to extend the honor and keep him involved yeah. and, you know, uh, yeah. help him out. So, yeah. well, they have the, they have the R2D2 builders doing the R2. Wow. So yeah. What, what is exactly that so cool though? Do, you know, know, real quick, by the way, and the fact that yeah. you started a group because you're a star Wars fan and now they're now though that very same filmmaker is reaching out to you. Like, how cool is that? Mm. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe they'll reach out to yeah. us at Frontlines and the Wampas Lair and say, hey, what do you think of this plot point? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is why I started we certainly have our... in the first place, <laughs> but it hasn't happened yet. So. <laughs> Don't hold out hope. Or, I mean, hold on to hope, I meant. <laughs> I will. Um, <laughs> um, hey, does anybody, is anybody, like, wondering uh, where in this picture? There the is no is? Billy D. Um yeah, and, you know, and they really said huh? the last few reports we had from him is that he was – I don't know if he was annoyed, but he had definitely been up front that nobody had reached out to him yet. So um, I was talking to Joe Hogan today for a while this afternoon. Um, I'm sure you guys know Joe. Um, and Joe made the point oh, yeah. that, you know, Lando is not a necessary character at all. Um, we could easily see him pop right. up maybe in episodes eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know – while I'm, I am actually a little bummed to not see Billy D, because um, I think I think he would happily be back in this. I mean, hell, if you get Harrison Ford back in this, you can probably get anybody back in this. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it stinks not having him, but you don't need him. So, and it's not. Yeah, it's not. A what huge, do you guys think of? Uh, like, yeah. okay, again, I, I keep reverting back to our originals because I mean I'll be I'll be straight up right now and if you guys obviously want to say more you can I don't know anything about these new people literally I know nothing about I've heard of two of them that's it so I I am in no way at a stamp or at a point to give an educated opinion about any of them they all look fine to me um you know uh Cohen I know you were saying when we were just on with the the big honk show and stars report that um you know we'd like to see a little bit a few more women and obviously there is that report that J.J. Abrams still has one one big role to fill, which is a female part. Um, but, uh, you know, I think we pretty much have our cast, and I don't know most of these people, but I'm just excited to have the original. And what I was thinking about today, though, is with Peter Mayhew. It was really cool to see him in there. We just saw him at C6. Um, 
Do you think, I mean, because I know he was in episode three, he put on, he donned the Chewbacca costume again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, he is, he is old. Um, you know, he is very old. He's, he, I mean, he's on a cane most of the time when you see him these days. If he's in the Chewie uniform, do you think he'll be in it a lot? I, I don't see him being Peter Mayhew himself being in an action scene in the Chewbacca costume. What do you well, guys? Well, to to sort of uh, give a little bit of a background on this, um, there was a Kickstarter to help uh, for a documentary that you know Peter Mayhew was getting both of his knees replaced. He was having double knee replacement surgery, and there was a documentary because he wanted to get ready for Episode Seven. Um, to be available if they wanted him. Um, and uh, after the announcement this after, uh, this morning, I got an email from the Kickstarter uh, this afternoon saying that, you know, this is very exciting. You know, they've re- they're reaching the end of their journey with the documentary and that Peter Mayhew is now fully mobile for the first time in a decade. So they made a point mm. to mention that. So I think... Uh, with the surgery and with the recovery from the surgery, he could be, you know, obviously they're not going to want him to run him into the ground because he's going to be in a giant fur suit all day long. Uh, but I think we could see some mild action, you know, you know, jogging down a hallway shooting, you know, out of Chewie. You know? I, so, I think I think we're going to see a lot of Chewbacca sitting. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of Chewbacca hanging out. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Chewbacca, and I don't think we're going to see a lot of of Han Solo, Princess Leia, or Luke Skywalker particularly taking part in the action. Um, Of any of those characters to get into the the nitty-gritty with it, uh, I I think it's going to be... Mark Hamill. I think it, I think it's going to be Luke Hamill, Skywalker yeah, uh, training new Jedi, that sort of thing. But I do, I, I mean, the, the rumor right now is that Harrison Ford is only signed on for the one movie. So uh, there is a very good possibility that, that he's not coming out of this movie alive. So Well, Harrison Ford generally just signs on for one movie at a time, especially. Yes, that you too. Know, so, uh, but uh, there is, he, he did famously want to die when he went into Carbon Freeze and mm-hmm. then to, to sacrifice, him, if not that, then to sacrifice himself uh, in Return of the Jedi in order for everybody to, to, to defeat the Empire and save the day. He's always felt that that character... Uh, is is sort of best served because he has no other arc, and I don't. I absolutely don't disagree with Harrison Ford on this. I do think that of all of the characters, Han Solo, it, he does change over the course of the movies. But he's he's Han Solo at the beginning. He's Han Solo at the end. His allegiances change, but his character is very similar. And so, it, what would be the most dramatic thing for Han Solo to do is to give up his life for for the at that time the rebellion or now the new republic or whatever they end up calling it because that would be the polar opposite of where we see him in a new hope where you know he's about to take off uh, and leave them to fight the death star because it's you know what what good's a reward if you're not allowed or not around to use it right so that's the that's where that character should end up i think and and this is one of my problems with the eu as it stands or I guess it doesn't stand anymore, but as it did stand, <laughs> I, 
that that Han Solo is still around, and and you know Chewbacca's dead, Anakin's dead. Spoilers, everybody. Sorry. Um, <laughs> if, you're, if you're behind on the novels, too bad. They don't count anymore. Uh, so I'm going to spoil them as much as I want. Jason Solo becomes Darth Cadus and then dies. Like, like it's 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 ridiculous. And so I'm glad to see the EU at that far end of the spectrum go. And I'm glad to see Lawrence Kasdan writing the truth for yes. us yeah. to, to show us what actually yeah. happens to Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Luke Skywalker, and the rest of the Star Wars galaxy. So, so I, I I don't know. I'm I'm happy with everything that I'm seeing, uh, and I am ecstatic about some of these new cast members. I, yeah, Daisy yeah. Ridley. I I could not. I uh, be more in love with that casting choice. Uh, I got to see her her uh, casting or her her show reel uh, before it got pulled down. It, it it got switched over to private very quickly, um, and I got to see it before that happened. And she reads on screen as very much uh, like Kira Knightley, who is similar to Padme in a lot of respects to the point that Kira Knightley plays one of Padme's handmaidens in episode one. So mm-hmm. that to me indicates definitely related to Leia. Uh, you'd be silly not to think that Han and Leia are married and have a child. Um, so, so I, for me, it's, it's a 99% lock that she is Jaina solo in some fashion, maybe not in name, but and maybe not as much in, in the exact character of Jaina solo but in the spirit of that concept of the solo legacy, uh, moving on to the next generation. So yeah, can I can I make a quick point? Yeah. yeah. Um, off of what you said, Colin. Um, uh, going back a little bit to what you said about Harrison Ford and, and Jason, you know, you mentioned how he he pretty much always signs on just one film at a time. But I've heard actually conflicting reports. Um, I don't know if you've heard this too, Cranky. Um, but there's been these conflicting points where, you know, initially Harrison Ford said if he ever came back, it would be under the stipulation that Han Solo killed because that's what he really wanted in Episode Six. But then I've also heard a conflicting report that he said that he would only come back if they made Han Solo a major character. Um, now, that being said, maybe he's just a major character in Episode Seven who dies, um, or maybe he's he really does want to be in Episodes Eight and Nine as well. I don't know. Um, I'm with you. I mean anybody who listens to the Wampazo knows I'm a Han Solo fan, but I'm with you Cohen on the fact that yeah. I am totally fine with seeing Han die because I th- as long as it's not like Boba Fett, I'm like a punk. Um, cause by the way, uh, without the EU, obviously he's dead. Um, so, uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm totally fine with watching Han Solo perish in episode seven. Um, preferably towards the end. Um, I don't want to see Harrison Ford back for 20 minutes, um, and I don't think they would do that to him. I don't think he'd sign on for something that menial. Um, but all I keep thinking of, and I, I don't know, have you guys all seen the, the, the first Star Trek that Abrams did? Yes. yes. Um, okay. Have you, Cohen? Or excuse me, Cranky? Okay. So oh, yeah. all I can think of is I just feel the beginning of that film, the scene where Kirk's father dies, right. um, yeah. the music yeah. there, the, the way it's shot, it's so beautiful. Even even so early in the film, like I remember the first time I saw that, like it kind of choked me up. And it's like you didn't even have a huge chance to attach yourself to those characters. So that that could be done so beautifully. I feel like Abrams is the perfect person to yeah. kill off Han Solo. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, and I just think that it would really 
shift the way we think about the Star Wars saga as well. Because, again, if you look back to the prequels, um, yeah, episode three, a lot of tragic stuff happens, but it's all stuff you kind of expected. Whereas if you got something very serious like that right off the get-go in the, in the start of the sequel trilogy, you kind of know to buckle in for a real serious ride, which I think, especially us adult fans, are really wanting out of the sequels. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's exactly what Kasdan wanted right. in episode or Return of the Jedi. He said, you know, I wanted to kill off Han early so the audience has a, a little bit of like worry about the rest of the show. Like if you're going to do that yeah. to Han in the beginning, what's going to happen? And I think you're going to get your wish because Kazan is, is, he's in this room right here and he's, he's an integral part of this next chapter. And I think you might get that uh, major Han Solo going down for you know, the family or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I have always yeah. said that I think at least Luke and Han will die in this series in the next three yeah. films Luke, Ooh, because Luke he can come too. back wow. as a wow. force ghost I was just about to say oh, that no, when true. we were at Star Wars yeah. Celebration 5 and and uh, I almost called him Luke uh, Mark Hamill was doing his panel he talked a lot about uh, about and I think it was really the first time that anybody had heard a lot of this his conversations with George Lucas about 7, 8, and 9 and and he talked about it in a way of like, well, we're never going to do them, so I may as well tell you guys what's going to happen. Uh, basically, when he sat down to do the first movie, they'd be they were in Tunisia, and it's like between takes, between setups or whatever. They'd be sitting around, and Mark would be grilling George about all sorts of things and saying, you know, like, well, where's the character going to go? What's my motivation? What blah blah blah, all that because he was an earnest, eager young actor. And George sat there and went, well. So here's the plan. You, in this movie, are going to learn everything from Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then over the next two movies, you'll become a Jedi. And then we'll take a break. And it'll be about 10, 15 years. And I'll go back and I'll do episodes 1, 2, and 3, which will tell the story of how uh, Darth Vader came to be and, and, and what happened to Anakin Skywalker. And obviously he said all this stuff without giving things away. Uh, and then 10, 15 years after that, we'll come back and we'll do episode seven, eight, and nine, at which point you will be the age that Sir Alec is now. And, uh, and you will be the Obi-Wan Kenobi character. And much like he passes the torch of the Jedi onto Luke, you will pass the torch onto the next generation and, uh, and end up as a, you know, the, the spectral force ghost sort of character uh, uh, that, that, that Obi-Wan becomes. Uh, and so, like, that stuff was, if anything, I think that is set in stone. That's, that's coming from George himself. That's in the original, uh, like, breakdowns. And, uh, and I think we can expect to see that come to fruition. If not in the first movie, at least in the second movie. So I, exactly. I, I think it'll, it's yeah. going to mirror episode four to a great deal. Look at episode one. We start with Qui-Gon, who is our Obi-Wan Kenobi character, yep, yep. and he dies by the end of the movie. There is a pattern, and, you know, like, everything is mirrored. Uh, it, it, it's when you start to break down the prequel trilogy in comparison to the, the, the original trilogy, you see that, that they follow each other beat for beat. But what happens is Anakin falls to the dark side, whereas Luke doesn't succumb. 
right? That like that's the difference. One is the story about the light fading and the darkness overcoming it, and then the other story is about the light coming back and defeating the dark. So who knows what we're going to see in this one uh, cuz it is intended to fill out the the Skywalker saga um that that core nine movies. So who knows what we'll see if we'll see the galaxy ending up in in darkness uh or or if the good guys will win in the end. But uh, but it is going to mirror that that story. And so I think it's very smart for us to look at a lot of these characters and go, okay, look at the actors. What are their archetypes? Um, and and I think if we do that, we can start to to get a really good sense of who's going to be who and who and and how these actors are going to flesh out a new Star Wars universe. Yeah, can I just sort of like finish my little thought on this? But I yeah. was I've always said that I think Luke is going to die in Episode Seven because he can come back as a Force Ghost for the rest of the trilogy, and I think Han is going to die in Episode Eight. Um, just so that we have a little more time with him, and then we have another one of the the big three to go down. Um, and I've always said that since we recorded uh, on the whole announcement that we were going to get these, that I think it would be great if Han went out in a blaze of glory in the Millennium Falcon with his best friend Chewie. Um, mm-hmm. And so, Episode Eight, I'm fully expecting to see Han, Chewie, and the Millennium Falcon go out. So, um, yes. With Chewie in it? So. Whoa, talk about a powerful scene right there. That yeah, was, I know. I, I think Chewie has to die with Han. Um, not has to, but. Yeah, yeah, it almost it's is the like life that, huh? debt. It's yeah. the life yeah. debt. Um, real quick, yeah. um, you know, uh, Cohen, you brought this up a, f- a few minutes ago. It, obviously, again, like I said, I don't know anything about any of these actors, but speculating about who they might be. Mm-hmm. Um, Daisy Ryder's character, I, I, I really hope is a solo child. Um, and the reason I say that is because um, you, going back to some of the original treatments that Lucas was playing around with when he was writing nine or eight, seven, eight, and nine, excuse me, um, the idea was, again, this idea of passing the torch. I can definitely see Luke as the Obi-Wan-type character. This mm-hmm. is also why I don't see Luke having a wife and children in Episode Seven, even even if there is a new Jedi order that allows the Jedi to marry. I just don't see Luke doing it. Um, and, uh, that being said, I, I hope she is a care, a, a child of Han and Leia because Lucas's original intention with the sequel trilogy was Luke's descendants or, or soul or Skywalker descendants still carrying that torch forward. Cause Lucas's intention in episodes one through nine was to tell the saga of a family. And I just, I love that concept. I love that concept of, of showing how this one family really helped to shape the, you know, this galaxy that we're being introduced to. And again, I like that from a biblical standpoint, you know, the entire book of Genesis is the creation of a family as, as it's, is this great nation. I think Lucas is, is channeling that, that epic storytelling proportion of, of creating this, this family. So if we don't see Han and Leia having children and we don't see Luke having children and we just have a cast of new characters, I think that's really going to miss out on the depth that the story can have moving forward. If it's just like, hey, here's three new characters in a galaxy you love, I don't know that I can attach to that. Um, I'm not saying I can't and I won't, but I really want that in some way new characters. They don't all have to be, but in some way one of them has to be a a Skywalker. Um, What do you guys think of that? 
I think that's yeah no exactly I mean it's that's why I think Jason was on to something when he said that I that's she's gonna be she's a Skywalker you know she's the daughter of Hanalea she's a Skywalker and and I can just see her getting uh, taught some lessons by by uh, Luke in this in this thing so I think uh, to have the, Sky, the Skywalker name you have to have that I think uh, maybe not in the towards the end but sure definitely in, in seven and actually this whole trilogy i could see that uh, and i wouldn't i'd be i'd be happy about that i'm 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 expecting her to be the child of, of hannah leia so if she's not it's going to blow me away you know what i mean <laughs> so uh definitely you know the other thing that I w- i'm just looking at this picture again and you know what's really weird about this guys is to not see george lucas oh i know yeah yeah you know what i mean yes is that because every time we've always seen Lucas talking and doing this and talking to Abrams and whoever throughout the last yeah. five years, and to not see him in this is like, whoa, we are definitely turning a page in, in the Star yeah. Wars history yeah. here. So, I, I read an article uh, yesterday that said he's, right. you know, Lucas is still being kept in the loop as a creative consultant. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's, again, I really like that. I like that he is, even if it's simply to say, like, don't do that or, yeah, do that. Even you know, even if it's not him creating any of the story elements, I like the fact that he's at least shaking his head yes or no, um, because this is his universe, and until he's dead, I think in some way he's entitled to some sort of opinion. Um, yeah, I'm just surprised that he wouldn't be like just there, just to just to be there. Like you know, here's the guy that started it all, just kind of hanging with yeah. Kathleen or something. All like he would have. <laughs> He's not there. He's, he's really all. He, all he would have been doing there is just saying faster and more intense. <laughs> faster, more intense. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I I think it's yeah good definitely. that he's not here at this initial thing, just so that you know he can give JJ and Kathleen their space to to run with it. Because if if he was there at this initial, you know, gathering, then that might have been a little you know everyone trying to be in awe and reverence to him, you know. But so I think it's good that he's not there initially, but that he's on speed dial and that he'll probably show up every now and again just because he can. (laughs) You know, well, and the thing is too, like, and he probably doesn't. He probably thinks, you know what? I don't need to be there. I don't really. Not to say he doesn't want to be there, but he's not a guy that's really possessive about this thing. I mean, look at all the stuff we've gotten over the last thirty-five years. All the parodies and the. Uh, EU and all that. He's he's one to just say, here you go, you know, have fun with it, and and he's doing it with these with this new this new group and this new writers and the new directors. It's like, here you go, uh, have fun with it, and and I'll I'll be waiting in the seats with the rest of the fans. Kind of ironic that his original so, idea of the sequel trilogy was about passing the torch, and that's what he did, in a sense. Yeah. You know, like kind of kind of kind of ironic. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, should we yeah, wrap yeah, this up? I think so. So I, I th- thank you guys for for jumping on with us and and talking all about this. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there will be much speculation and many more questions and reveals in the coming weeks. Uh, we've still got uh, Star Wars Day coming coming this uh, oh, Sunday, yeah, May the fourth. Yeah. Hey, so, real, before we go though, I do have a question yeah. for you guys. Um. Oh, crap. I just forgot it. Wow, that's no good. Um, hold on, hold on. No, oh, okay, I remember. I remember. And this is for all three of you. Okay. Um, will you guys read spoilers as they come out, if they come out? You know, J.J. Abrams, is he, he's known for being very tight-lipped, being very careful with things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
let's be honest. I mean, we li- the, the world we live in, the social media access we have, stuff is going to slip, whether it's J.J. Abrams or not. Will you guys read it? Jason. I will not hunt down spoilers. Um, and if spoilers include plot points, I will try to stay away from them. But I don't mind knowing who the characters these actors are playing. I don't mind knowing if such and such vehicle shows up or that sort of thing, or this new actor came in to film a scene or two. You know, I don't mind that sort of thing. Um, But I don't want to know the plot. If there's, you know, a leaked script out somewhere, I will not read it. Um, But I will not be looking for for spoilers. If something happens across my newsfeed on Facebook or Twitter or something, I might look at it. Um, but I will not be hunting spoilers now. Okay. Cohen. I, I would like to say that I'm above all the spoilers and I can wait and all that sort of thing, but no, <laughs> I am going to devour every single piece of information that they, that they give us. I mean, uh, if, if they bring back hyperspace, I'm going to sign up for a hyperspace account. Uh, I I will not subscribe to Star Wars Insider because I don't want to get my news three months late. But, (laughs) I, you know, like the thing I love about Star Wars Insider is that's where all of the news leaks from. But it leaks from Star Wars Insider because they get it so that they can put it out to print two weeks after everybody else finds out. But what happens is that it leaks and we end up finding out two weeks before that. So they're they're then a month behind by the time it actually hits newsstands. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I will be in the thick of it with everybody else. I, you know, but, but I don't know. We're, we're also going to be very focused on rebels. So, so I'm hoping that what happens is uh, as opposed to previous, uh, uh, star Wars experiences, uh, that there's so much great stuff that they're producing right now that we just, uh, we just get to enjoy that, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, it'll be December 18th, and uh, and we'll be watching uh, Episode 7. So, so you know, uh, but it is the internet age, and uh, there will be a glut of rumor, speculation, information, photos, videos, trailers, and uh, and I'm 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 a Star Wars fan. I I bleed Star Wars, so I uh, so I'm 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 gonna buckle up and enjoy the ride that's my plan and by the way i will not consider you know videos at conventions and spoiler and uh trailers spoilers those do not count as spoilers those are official oh, no. releases yeah. and yeah, i'll right. be all over those so yeah. i uh, doubt a trailer is gonna say and at the end on solo dies <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be the best trailer ever though it's like, <laughs> like find the... out how han solo dies <laughs> star wars December twenty, December eighteenth, Like when the episode one trailer came out, and the second to last track is Qui Gon's Noble End. You're like, yeah. what? <laughs> oh, yeah. What about you, Crane? Yeah, That's just, I, yeah. I was just gonna say that I, I'm kind of the same as Jason. I, I uh, I'm gonna try to stay as spoiler free as far as major stuff. And, and I was just gonna say that I don't want to go to the store and see a soundtrack that shows Gui, you know, Qui Gon's end or Han's end or whatever. I don't want to get a set of trading cards and as I'm going through the trading cards before episode two I see a picture of Luke or uh, Anakin with his hand chopped <laughs> off uh, you know just stuff like that it's like yeah you know I remember that too and it's like what the heck so I, I want to say kind of spoiler free in, in that regard 
But of course, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna miss any videos that come out because I know they're gonna really edit those and filter those. Any trailers are gonna come out. Of course, I'm gonna watch those because they're gonna filter that. They're not gonna give away any major stuff in, in any official uh, you know releases or videos or anything like that. You know, I'm still I'm still hoping that we get when we're in Anaheim next year around this time. I hope we get some kind of a teaser or something. Just just anything. I, I'm just got my fingers crossed that we're going to get some special one minute teaser trailer for episode seven that's what i'm hoping for uh, i can around a year from now just so, about guarantee yeah, i can just yeah. about guarantee that episode yeah. seven will be the big deal at celebration anaheim so yeah yeah it, that it place better be or they'll be doing man. something I'll tell you what <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. hey everyone yeah. we're releasing the yeah. phantom menace in 3 3d smell a vision yeah um yeah. You yeah, know, no, it's... real quick, uh, Matt, you hit on this. Uh, sorry, guys, I know we got to wrap this up, but you know, just even mentioning this soundtrack was that sort of thing that, and you know, because I'm, I'm guaranteed it'll come out, before, you know, a couple of weeks before the film. How awesome will it be though to get a new piece of John Williams Star Wars music? Oh, I mean, how yeah. how sweet is that going to be? I am tingling with excitement over here just to hear you say that. Um, yes, 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 and 100% yes. I will be all over that. I will probably end up pre-ordering it on iTunes just so I can make sure I have it. Um, but yes, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, I'm actually so really excited for the action figures it. too. Yeah. I want old man Han Solo so oh, yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Old man Han Solo. Um, all right. Cool, cool. I, yeah, I just wanted to get your guys your your take on the spoiler stuff. So excellent. Um, oh yeah. All right. Well. All right, guys. I mean, what I impress me, what I'm gonna do with spoilers. All right. Oh, what? <laughs> just oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm go ahead. You tell us. This is your question. <laughs> uh, I will read it's your anything and everything I can get my hands on. It's it's awful. Uh, I can't. Are you really? I just. Oh, I, man. I'm being honest with myself and with you guys because I because I love you. Um, I just know I read the yeah. episode three plot or the script be like a month before it came out. Um, and there were still some wow. changes and I still was super excited by it. Um, I like, like mm-hmm. Jason said, I'm not going to actively seek things out, but if something pops up and even if it says, I don't know if you guys remember this on the forest, I'm not used to have to highlight the spoiler because they didn't <laughs> want you to be able to see it unless you really, I mean, you literally had to physically do something to see it. If I see something like that, I right. will be highlighting um, but again, like I won't go out of my way to find something. Um, but yeah, I, I'll read anything that's available, unfortunately. So, <laughs> but wow. don't worry, I would keep it to myself wow. because I know, I remember somebody has yeah, written it on, yeah. on our Wampus Lair page to even say like, Hey, if any big spoilers come out, can you guys please not post them? Cause I, I respect people wanting to be taken by surprise. I just, I know I can't be, but I will not be a jerk mm-hmm. that I vow. So, <laughs> well, we all appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> It, oh, are you kidding? Yeah. Are you kidding me, Jason? I just want to be able to text you. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, Luke Skywalker yeah. dies. First ten minutes, just read the script. Oh, <laughs> love Carl. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah, forward this Carl. to Cranky or Cohen. I made a vow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to be able to sit in the theater and not know what's yeah. coming next. You know, uh, so that's that's where I'm at. Awesome. All righty then. That's it, Mike. Yeah, I'm still here. Is he still I'm here? Still here. 
Okay. Well, that's not it for us. We're gonna we're gonna throw in a second uh, over to the rest of our our regular episode of Frontlines: The Clone Wars podcast, where we talk all about uh, Rise of Clovis. But uh, but that does it for this part of our uh, episode seven coverage. Uh, the casting news, the the craziness and panic that has ensued uh, as Star Wars fans everywhere run around in delight screaming and regular people are confused so <laughs> yes. Uh, yes you guys want to know yes. one little thing i have planned for sunday for may the 4th so i have i have a work function all day on sunday during the day so as a result since i can't do a movie marathon um i will be we have to do this ministry fair where i have to try to promote the youth ministry program to all the like 10th graders and 9th graders. So you'll be doing it dressed as Princess Leia from Return of the Jedi. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I want to show as much skin as possible and show them God's love. Um, yeah. That I'm was really sure creepy. Hey, you got to be careful, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I will be bringing my lightsaber, though, my my Anakin Episode 3 slash Luke Episode 4 lightsaber. And uh, I will say, you can try this. If you promise to come to a youth ministry function next year. <laughs> so, anywho. Yeah. I'll be launching Kenobi and me, my new I'm, I'm pumped, dude. I can't wait to see that. I've already loved all the little teasers you've given us. So Yes. Indeed. You're an, you are you sir are an underwritten artist. I, I'm excited to see more of what you can do. So Well, I'm glad um, to hear that. For those of you who don't know, I mean Cohen has done all the front lines uh you know, imaging and and, and Oh, anybody listening to Frontlines knows. Yeah, they know that. that but I, you also did, for, for Steve and I over at Quist, know what I'm saying, you did that yeah. awesome picture of he and I. I mean, that was freaking great. So, um, anyway. Yeah, guys, thanks for letting us jo- join your party. Thanks for being part of our party. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Anytime. Well, and, and hopefully we'll we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Awesome. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and close out and give all your information and where people can find you and all that fun stuff? Well, we don't have to because it's at the end of our regular episode. So you go ahead and do yours. (laughs) Okay. Well, Uh, Carl, where can people get in contact with us? All right. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash Wampusler podcast, twitter.com slash Wampusler, and you can email us at Wampusler podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Boom. Boom. (laughs) awesome guys this was so fun Um, way way better than just uh just the two of us yeah oh it's always cranky it's good to talk to you and you too you too mike it's i love i love chatting the wars with you guys uh always always a pleasure Star Wars fans to Frontlines the Clone Wars podcast, the original podcast dedicated to the Clone Wars animated series. This is episode number 130 for the episode The Rise of Clovis. My name is Matt, your co-host for the evening, and on the other side of the microphone is Michael Cohen, your Frontlines creator. How's it going, Mike? Uh, it's going pretty awesome. Uh, we are 
ramping up for Star Wars Day this uh, this coming. You know what? When this when this comes out, it'll be even closer. Closer, yeah. Because we'll be uh, we'll, it'll be like Wednesday when I get this up, hopefully. So I uh, yeah, it, it's it's this coming Sunday and uh, May the fourth. May the fourth be with you all. Yes. I I and I I don't know. We're expecting some big news now. Since this is the episode that's going to come out right before May the 4th, I'm going to drop the bomb now. Okay, uh, what do you I have first? I have a webcomic that's launching on the 4th uh, called Kenobi and Me, and it's it's essentially, um, it's kind of like a like a, a comic journal, um, but it's they're just like single panel comics. Um, think of something like uh, like Family Circus or something like that, where it's mm-hmm. just it's just one image. And uh, and it's just me doing things in my everyday life, uh, but as if Obi Wan Kenobi was hanging out with me. So I, I cool. that that's launching on Sunday on May the fourth for Star Wars Day, uh, and you can find that at KenobiAndMe.com. There it's, we go. Uh, it's pretty pretty simple. And you know, you guys who are listening to this, uh, you know where to find all that stuff. You can you can figure it all out. KenobiAndMe.com, and then. The Facebook and the Twitter and everything. You know how I do things. <laughs> um, you probably already know about it. Everybody who listens to this probably already knows because I've been posting hints yeah, on, oh, uh, yeah. on the group and that sort of thing. So Definitely. We'll look forward to that. And, but, uh, like- but, we, but, but there's also, uh, I guess you could say that there's probably going to be some bigger news because we've got some, some uh, rumors and stuff like that. But before we get to the rumors, let's talk about what was officially announced the other day. Yeah, I brought this up a minute ago, and, and I thought it would be a good thing to talk about, is the uh, the legendary Star Wars Expanded Universe turns a new page, and it's a big story on StarWars.com, and it was uh, kind of a big story all over the interwebs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so here we go, Mike. I mean, we're talking the, – the thing with the EU is I, I read, I've read some of the EU. I'm not a huge EU guy, and this definitely holds a place in the Star Wars – pantheon because it did get us through some crazy times especially after the uh, original trilogy ended and we got Herod of the empire was the one that kind of started everything off yep. back in the early 80s so or the mid 80s but it definitely holds a place and there's a great video on starwars.com that you can watch and it breaks down some some of the fans and they talk about the eu and their experiences and what their first book was or or whatever but uh, like I said, I've never been like huge in EU, but I appreciate what it has done. But apparently, uh, most of that stuff is going to be called Legends now. It's going to be a separate thing. It's not part yeah. of any story. And the other big thing was, and we kind of already knew this, is that they're not basing Episode Seven off of anything from the EU, which is cool because I didn't really want to see that anyway. Yeah. But uh, what do you think, man? What's your thoughts on all this news about the EU? Um, you know, uh, it's it's been uh, very polarizing. I think over over the last few days, uh, I, this yeah. came out on the twenty fifth, so we've had kind of three days to sit with it and uh, figure out how we feel about it. And uh, and actually, you know what, uh, Jimmy Mack uh, from Rebel Force Radio uh, kind of put it the best, where I you know like it's it's essentially what we've been asking for the whole time. That's what we're getting now is right. uh, everything moving forward from this point that they, they announced they've announced four books so far um, and uh, and they've essentially said uh, the six movies 
and the Clone Wars mm-hmm. and the upcoming Rebels, Rebels right. will like those are canon. There's no argument. They're they're canon. That's the way that it is. Everything else is story. It's just like there are elements and and Rebels is gonna pull from stuff. And episode seven, eight, nine will probably pull from some expanded universe, but they won't be based on expanded universe. But going forward, everything is canon. Mm-hmm. So those four books that have just been announced, one of them, uh, one of them bridges the gap between, uh, or not the the entire gap, I don't think, but part of the gap between A New Hope and Empire, and it's the first book ever told from Luke Skywalker's point of view. And uh, I, I'm I'm psyched for that. Like that sounds really cool. I'm I'm down for audiobook on day one, right? I mm-hmm. uh, and the the good thing about this is that now there's nothing to keep straight. There's nothing to right. to reconcile. Uh, there is the information that we have in the movies. There is the information that we have from the Clone Wars, and then there will be everything that happens from here on out. So that means that the books, the comics, the video games will all be connected unless sort of otherwise stated. So I think that there will be opportunities for them down the road to say, well, this is clearly out of continuity, right? Like, let's say something like Detours comes back because uh, Disney has actually said that Detours isn't dead, that it's going to come back eventually, that it's just not right at this moment. <laughs> to put it out so they're just kind of sitting on it but they have like two or three seasons worth of episodes ready to go so one day we'll see that and that'll be the sort of thing well where i think they'll go this is obviously not canon this is humor this is comedy right. but everything else as far as 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 we know at this moment that they're going to be releasing is going to be star wars canon and it's going to go through the story group and the story group's going to say yeah, that's cool. Keep in mind, this is what we know about Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, here is some of the Legends expanded universe that you may want to pull from. Uh, try and figure it out, sort of thing. Because um, it, it, people, I don't think, give Clone Wars enough credit for how much of the expanded universe is canonized because of it. Because mm-hmm. things like... Um, Characters that would not otherwise be canon today uh, are, and those characters are, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Bane, uh, sorry, not not Cad Bane, but Darth Bane is Uh. canon because he shows up. So uh, stuff like that is is going to be preserved by by way of being in the Clone Wars. Characters that otherwise might not have survived uh, uh, the canon purge. I, I guess we could call it that. <laughs> I just coined a term that just happened. Um, so I'm good with it. The expanded universe is still going to be uh, the, like the, the as they're calling it now. The legends uh, stories will be available. So if you want to read heir to the empire, you can still pick up heir to the empire. It's just going to have a big label on it that says it's legends now, mm-hmm. which means not, not canon. canon. Right. So, um, for me and everybody who listens to the podcast knows how I feel about canon versus non-canon and continuity and stuff like that. Um, one of my favorite things in, in all of star Wars, 
uh, uh, storytelling is the the original Marvel comics, and there are elements of that that have been turned into more legitimate canon. But as a whole, the 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 Marvel stuff is considered ridiculous. It's considered nonsense, mm-hmm. right? Um, like I I have I have the first two volumes of the Star Wars a long time ago omnibus, and I got to get that. I think there's one more volume maybe two and i have to get them soon because they'll go out of print um if they're not already out of print because because i uh, have everything switching over to marvel later uh later this year or is that next year i want to say 2015 yeah um yeah. beginning yeah but i like i want to have all of that stuff like i i i love it and I just love flipping through it. I don't even necessarily read it. I just check out the pictures and you read a couple of pages and go, man, this stuff's ridiculous and awesome. But <laughs> I, yeah, like it, it, continuity doesn't really matter to me. Um, and I've used my, the, the Superman analogy a, a, a few times. And that's basically that Superman is a character that's been around for 75 years, 76 years now. And I, uh, he has gone through so many incarnations and so many different versions, but everybody knows who Superman is, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows sort of in their head and in their heart who Superman is as a character. And it might be a little bit different for for different people. Um, and it's going to vary from group to group. And, and, and some people are going to think of Superman one way and some people are going to think of him another way. Uh, a lot of people think of him as Christopher Reeve. Um, uh, there are other people that think of him as as uh, the animated series Superman from from Justice League and that sort of stuff. Uh, and and there will be a bunch of kids who will think of Henry Cavill as Superman because that's the first time they ever saw him. So uh, much in that way, Star Wars is very similar. Uh, we've got a generation who grew up with the original trilogy, and that's it. And then we've and then eventually getting the prequels. And now we've got a generation that's grown up with the prequels and a generation that's grown up with the Clone Wars. And we're on the cusp later this year of a generation coming up on Rebels. Mm-hmm. And and all of those different groups of Star Wars fans think of Star Wars in different ways. But at the end of the day, we all know what Star Wars is right and and you reconcile that yourself and if you're really worried about continuity i guess you sit down and you just figure out the continuity for yourself and you say you know what this is what the continuity is and if that's what makes you happy then that's cool that's the point that's what it's supposed to be um but i don't think that we all need to sit and argue about what is canon and what isn't Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lucasfilm has now made that a lot easier for oh, us yeah. by saying nothing is canon except for the six movies and the Clone Wars and Rebels and uh, what's about to come is right. going to be canon. And 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 to me, like that's it's it's kind of perfect. It, it it deals with everything. So um, yeah. I'm sad to see certain characters go. But I'm also happy to see a fresh new beginning. I uh, no more, no more like eighty year old Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. running around uh, and you know dead Mara Jade and no Chewbacca and stuff like that, right? right like right. we we get to we get to start fresh uh, from whatever Episode Seven ends up being, 
and uh, and, and go from there, which means we get to uh, bring Luke, Leia, and Han back to, I think, a slightly more reasonable age than what they've, <clears throat> they've been uh, uh, portrayed as in the recent stories. So, yeah. So that was. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, no, I, I agree with you totally about that was the big thing that I got out of this was, hey, from now on, you know what? Everything's going to be canon. We're going to have this story group. Everything's yeah. going to go through us. And I think it was like, that's great because you didn't have to worry about, okay, is this video game? Does George say that this one is canon? Okay, this video yeah. game is, and this comic, no, nothing else is. And it was just like a mess. And, and honestly, that's what turned me off, Mike, to a lot of this EU stuff because, you know, you're just kind of like, I'm going to read it, but it's going to be a fun story, but it doesn't really mean anything. You know, yeah. it's in, in a sense, it's fan fiction. And uh, so it did. It kind of, I think it kind of turned some people off. I mean, there's some people that are just totally love the EU, and that's great. But at least you know now where you stand, and everything from here on out is going to be going, going through the story group, and that's a great idea. And and then, like you said, you got this stuff that's already out there that's going to be legends. You can just read that for fun and go, oh, that's a fun story. But yeah, this, there was just too many main characters, Mike, that were put in, you know, that these authors had to deal with and try to, you know, and then killing off like some of these characters. I mean, there's just no way that that uh, you're going to be able to control all that just through, yeah. through, you know, George isn't going to be able to do that. He doesn't care about that. So, but no, that's good. I, I think that's a great way to that Lucasfilm was really, uh, you know, taking this seriously and go, hey, you know, we're, we're serious about what's coming out from now on and everything's going to be kind of great idea, perfect way to do it. So I'm excited about that. Now everything that comes out, you can read it and go, oh, okay, this is part of, yeah, the, uh, this is part of it, man. I and, don't and, worry about it. And you know what? I'm sure that in that, what we're going to end up with is a lot of things coming back. Mm. Um, and maybe they'll come back in unexpected ways. So, you know, that we, we do have a, a, a very large gap between episode six and episode mm. seven and there's right. a lot of story to tell in there uh especially since we think that we know what that is you know we think it's heir to the empire and courtship of princess leia and and all that sort of stuff um I, i'm really curious to find out where shadows of the empire sits with this right. because shadows is something that they for all intents and purposes was canon mm -hmm. right it was really the first the first project that Lucasfilm did, uh, a multimedia project to say, yeah. we're telling the story, the definitive story of what happens between episode five and six. And now, uh, if we take them at what they've said, that's that's gone, right? But at the same time, is it? Because I don't know that, that they will get rid of things like Shadows of the Empire. I think that there are a few stories that that we may see return mm -hmm. um, that might come back in one way or another and, uh, and, and characters that we might see come back in one way or another. Um, and Dave Filoni sort of in that video so, sort of like lent to that idea by saying things mm -hmm. like, you know, they're going to pull from the expanded universe and uh and and we might get more than we expect from that right like there might right. be yeah. more opportunities to bring in characters that that we remember that we love uh from other stories and uh and 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 some of that might might still exist but 
like I said, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The continuity is whatever you want to make of it. In my mind, there is no other Star Wars continuity uh, than the one with the Brian Daly Han Solo adventures. It's not going to happen. You can't convince me otherwise because they're so perfect and they're so Star Wars, right? But, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, the Old Republic... I could care less. Uh, if you ask me, you you said at one mm-hmm. point uh, that that some of the EU kind of feels like fan fiction. Um, that that that's kind of what it's what it is, what it has been in some instances. Right. Um, to me, the Old Republic, and I'm not talking like the Knights of the Old Republic, those first two games, but I'm talking about the Old Republic, the MMO, and sort of uh, the things that have built around the Old Republic to me feels like a knockoff of star wars it doesn't feel like real star wars there's something missing and it's kind of broken and the thing that really bugs me is that we're like oh yeah this is thousands of years before and with the tales of the jedi comics you would look at it and go yeah totally look at all the technology is all totally different their lightsabers look different their spaceships look different everything is is different it's the legendary version of the star wars universe like these are the myths that that are in the jedi holocrons right um and then you get to the old republic and it really just looks like they went oh we can't have actual tie fighters so what we'll do is we'll just bend the wings like this and uh put this little thing off the cockpit and we'll call it a different thing and but it's like at the end of the day you're like well it just looks like a knockoff tie fighter or that just looks like a knockoff x-wing without the x-wings right and uh and to me it's always rung a little bit false so hopefully now what we can get is i just a more a higher standard of quality and uh for me i think that means less content um, and more controlled oh, yeah. content, right? Yeah, Because yeah. it's been a little bit crazy the last few years. I mean, if you want to keep up with everything, you want to read all the comics, you want to read all the books, you're talking about spending, like, thousands of dollars a year just to keep up with continuity stuff or, like, just stories. Right. That's not even getting into merchandise and, and, uh, and, and video games and stuff like that, right? Like, that's just, just like, books and comics, you're going to spend at least a thousand dollars a year the way that they've been pumping stuff out. So yeah, I hope this means, you know, we're going to get maybe three, four books a year, uh, at the most and, uh, and maybe one or two comic book series and, and, and that's it. And not quite the ridiculous glut of star Wars content because it can't all be awesome when you're putting out that much. Right. And, uh, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if you, you agree with me on that, but it just feels like the last couple of years, there's been some standout stuff. There's some, been some really good stuff. The, uh, the Brian Wood, uh, star Wars comics have mm-hmm. been awesome. Yeah. I, I've got, I have the first two volumes of those in, in trade paperback and they've been excellent. Right. Um, yeah. they're a little fast and loose with the continuity, but I don't care because anything that gets me Princess Leia in that all white uh, <laughs> X-wing flight suit, X-wing, like yeah, yeah. the thing I am looking the most forward to at Celebration in Anaheim uh, in, in a year is seeing somebody in that costume. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if you're out there and you are thinking about it, don't disappoint. Go me. for it. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking to you, Carl. 
Okay, I just want to make that really abundantly clear. Yeah, that I'm not. He's coming with to it. Carl. Uh, yeah, um, we, I'm excited to see you. I don't know if I'm excited to see you in a Princess Leia costume, but uh, but yeah, I love that design. Uh, I love cool. that concept. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, we got it. We have to say goodbye to some of this stuff. But uh, I don't know that we'll be saying goodbye to all of it just yet. So yeah, and when I say you know fan fiction, I don't mean to to belittle any of the great writers that have done some stuff sure. over the last twenty or, plus or years. fan fiction writers because there are some people who yeah. write fan fiction that are yeah. very good writers. They're just not employed by Lucasfilm. Yeah, and that's and that's my point is like you know it's when it's not for me when it's yeah. not canon. There's what's the difference between Brian Daly writing yeah. something and me writing some fiction? Other than he's a way better the writer than I am, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. that's, that's there's just no. Well, um, yeah, like the Karen Travis stuff, I think is a really good example. Mm-hmm. She dug deep into the Mandalorian stuff and pulled from a lot of the the disparate and and uh, uh, conflicting continuity that existed out there. And she wove this incredible culture for Mandalorians. But at the end of the day, it was what she thought. And right. that, like, it puts it in that realm of fan fiction because George has another idea, right? right. Uh, and, and his idea of Mandalore is very different from what we got in the Republic Commando books. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some things that you can reconcile, and there's some things that you definitely can't. But. Uh, at the end of the day when it comes to that stuff if you're gonna be a stickler for continuity george you know he, he's had the final say um up until now and and since he's not around and uh, he's he's around but since he's not at lucasfilm anymore he's retired and he's just sort of consulting for the movies uh it's gonna fall to the story group and they're gonna be the ones saying this is this is what what is uh, continuity and this is what's not mm. you know um, and I think that that's great because I think what we've gone from is a little bit of a dictatorship and uh, that has a negative connotation to it but I think that it's a fair yeah, assessment because yeah, it's been one man who says yes or no mm-hmm. um, and uh, and if you already wrote that continuity he doesn't care it's, it's his continuity um, it's gone from that to I think what will be more of a democracy and uh, that democracy is going to be able to say, with its background in Star Wars, uh, well, you know what happened in Clone Wars one time was this. And, well, uh, do you guys remember from Heir to the Empire, uh, this this part of the story or this character? Well, let's bring them in here. They'd be a really great character to throw in there, bring back into the continuity. So I think what we'll get is a really great mix of new and old. And uh, and, and it'll 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 legitimize those authors and artists uh, that are going to be working on stuff from here on out. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, that, I mean, you could, we could go on yeah. with this uh, for a long time, but in a nutshell, that's what's going on. And we might bring it up um, in, in another podcast, but uh, yeah, yeah some, sort of some crazy stuff. more info. We'll, we'll yeah, definitely. But I think, I think they're on the right track and I think, I think that's a good thing that they're have a story group and, and everything's going to go through them. So, you know, Mike, you brought up uh, episode seven, yeah. and just briefly, we got you know, you mentioned that uh, there's pictures on the internet with Mark Hamill uh, meeting with Peter Serafinowicz, who was the voice of Darth Maul over yep. 
And uh, I guess it was London or whatever, wherever they were shooting. So, hey, little FBI clue there, Mike, that we might be seeing Mark Hamill in Episode 7. What do you think? Uh, yeah, maybe? well, Harrison Ford <laughs> yeah. has also been spotted in, in London this okay. past week. So, okay. yeah. uh, and, and the rumor is that Carrie Fisher is also around. So right. uh, I think that's pointing towards uh, the beginning of shooting in May, which they've already sort of announced that that's when shooting's going to start. And uh, and and they got to be there for this Sunday, for the big announcement. So, yeah. I would anticipate Sunday morning, Sunday around noon probably, um, or maybe even right when we wake up on Sunday morning, that the internet's going to explode, because there will be a video announcement mm-hmm. of episode seven, possibly with a title, uh, which would be different. That would be uh, deviating from from uh how soon we've gotten titles for for other star wars movies but uh possibly with the title and uh and and casting news uh including the news that han leia and luke are all back for episode seven so uh because i mean it's all but confirmed at this point uh, right, uh, right the the cat's kind of out of the bag but lucasfilm refuses to acknowledge it so um <laughs> yeah. and i think and i think this is why i think their only reason why is that they want to make star wars day special for i uh, uh, for 2014 and uh, really make it stand out so that this can be the beginning of of sort of the next era of star wars i uh, uh, the the expanded universe announcement last week i uh, i feel like it points towards that i feel like it's them saying we're it's everything is starting over and it all starts over on may the 4th, may the 4th 2014 right. so mm-hmm. um yeah i think we'll be able to pinpoint sort of the moment when everything changed mm-hmm. and uh, and i think that they want that i think disney wants that they yeah. want, they want, uh, the, you know, because we kind it's been a little bit dark over the last year, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. with with the the canceling of, of the Clone Wars, with thirteen uh, uh, thirteen being canceled, and and a lot of other projects uh, sort of going belly up in in the wake of what happened with uh, with the the Disney acquisition. So, I. Uh, I think Disney really needs the good PR. They need to put a spin on it and they need to come out strong and say, check it out. May the 4th. We're with you guys. We, we want star Wars to be the best it's ever been. And here's how we're going to do it. So, so the EU thing is step one in that. And I think major announcements for episode seven are step two. So, so you know, I, I would keep my eyes peeled to the YouTube channel and StarWars.com. Um, well, I'm subscribed to the YouTube channel, so when something gets posted, I get an email from Star Wars, the the Star Wars YouTube channel. So, yeah, I, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm always right up to date with that stuff. That's how <laughs> I stay on top of it. But. Yeah, well, I was gonna say the uh, the picture that I saw of uh, Hamill and Sarah Finowitz. Uh, he actually looked really good. You know, he had he had sort of a beard going. I don't know if he yeah. looks like he's grown the beard out. So maybe some more clues as to what he might uh, his appearance may look like. His so. haircut looks very Luke Skywalker, and and you're right. He looks he looks great. He looks yeah, like he's yeah, in really he good shape. He looks really healthy. Whereas the last couple of years, I think he's sort of looked mm-hmm. uh, deservedly like a bit of an old man because <laughs> he's getting yeah. there. So he's getting there. Uh, yeah, but. but it's good. 
but yeah, I, I I think when you when you throw some Jedi robes on him, he's gonna look. It's gonna be all come awfully, back to, awfully yeah. good. So. Yeah, it'll all come full circle again. It's yeah. gonna be great. Uh, anything else before we get on to the episode here, Mike? That's it. Let's jump into what is a very intense episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. All right. Yoda, my old friend, it is I, Qui-Gon Jinn. The voice I hear does not come from within, but speaks from beyond. You must complete what I could not. Come to Dagobah. The answers you seek are here. The creation of the clone army kept secret from us. Cypher DST. Protocol 66 must not be discovered by the Jedi. Yes, Lord Tyrannus. I'm afraid I'm trapped. You must face the gravest of journeys to Morbon. Down! Thanks. It wasn't you I wanted to save. This is stretching it even for you, sir. Rex, you're beginning to sound like Obi-Wan. Hello, CT5555. No clone uses a number. I am Fives. Call me Fives. The difference is minimal. Not to me. And not to any clone. All right, Mike, here we go with the rise of Clovis. Within the rotunda of the main vault on Scipio, the members of the Core 5 and Nick's card bicker over who is to blame for this growing scandal. Nix places the blame squarely on the Core 5 for allowing this situation to happen. While the bank leaders reprimand Card for letting the Jedi leave the planet with Rush Clovis in their care. Cluedusser tries to downplay the damage, insisting that Clovis's evidence can't be that damning and any further investigation would need to be abetted by someone highly placed in the banks. Leaving the rotunda, Card nervously slips into the side room and pulls a holographic communicator from his robes. He contacts the mysterious Darsidious with word that Clovis has escaped with evidence in hand. Sidious is pleased to hear this and assures the nervous Card that he will be protected. So, Mike, we're in the, inside the bank in this uh, Core 5 or the Council of Five, and they basically give it out right in the beginning here, Mike, that... Mm-hmm. They are the ones that are siphoning or, you know, they have this private account and, and kind of siphoning this money out for themselves in these small amounts that it won't get detected. But it's the core five who is behind this crazy, uh, you know, bank scheme and all that. So that is how we're starting off this episode. Mike, what do you think? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we sort of get to uh, uncover just a little bit more of the conspiracy mm-hmm. of what's going on with uh with with the banking clan and uh and obviously Darth Sidious is the one pulling the strings so right um it's only gonna get more devious from here okay uh, and <laughs> uh, I I love that later on in this episode we see that Palpatine is is pulling the strings from both sides he's got the banking clan this banking clan guy mm-hmm. uh was is nix is that his name yeah um and as well as uh, uh clovis, clovis yeah uh sort of uh working together and against one another at the same time right like it's it's uh i think yeah. it's really it's a of all of the political stories that we've gotten in the clone wars this is the one with the most uh, well thought out mm-hmm. sort of uh, uh, conspiracy 
going right. on. And right. uh, I, I, I quite enjoy where this episode goes with that, but more so where it goes with uh, with Anakin and Padme. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Def, we'll get to that. Cool. Uh, I will continue. Uh Anakin Skywalker's Jedi shuttle uh, settles at the Senate landing platform, where it is greeted by Jedi Master Yoda and a contingent of Senate guards. Such an honored escort has arrived at the behest of Supreme Chancellor Palpatine. Yoda welcomes Clovis, but warns that much distrust surrounds him. Rush is not surprised, but he is determined to right his wrongs. Inside Palpatine's office, standing amidst Senators and Jedi... Rush stands accused by Bail Organa of his past misdeeds. Rush offers no excuses, however, and instead attempts to focus attention to the crisis at hand, the corruption of the banking clan. Rush wants to oust the criminals responsible for such financial malfeasance and return the clan to its former self, a fair system of trade and commerce. Rush's datapad links to the display systems on Palpatine's desk, projecting graphs indicating the funneling of huge amounts of credits. Padme backs up the veracity of this data. So, you know, I just want to mention just before this, uh, the scene with Darth Sidious and Nyx, mm-hmm. uh, he, he says something like, hey, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. And, and then I heard that, I'm like, yeah, he's going to take care of him, right? And just like he took care of all those, you know, senators or whatever it was on uh, in episode three when he said, send him to oh, Mustafar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Good luck with that one, Nick. Uh, but but in this room, but or in, uh, in the shuttle as it lands here, uh, we get we get Yoda and he comes out and I love the, you know he's so good about Yoda. He has this great way of saying um, you know when Clovis she comes in, hey you met Clovis and, and he goes yeah um, you know you put a lot of distress or a lot of distress has been put upon you. Basically, that's Yoda's nice way of saying you know you got a lot of balls coming here, dude. After, yeah. after the crap you pulled. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's his way of saying it to uh, to Clovis. Like, what the heck? But hey, you know, as a Jedi, he's got to be, he's, you know, they're trying to work this thing out. But I just kind of read it between the lines. That's what I got from that. But uh, I kind of I thought that was funny coming from Yoda. But, yeah. um, you know, he's got he's got some evidence, Mike. He's got he's got some pretty, pretty damning evidence against uh, this core five. And Palpatine, uh, Oh, we're going to get to that. Let's, let's, do you want anything, anything else before we get to this Palpatine? No, scene? no. I, I think you okay. covered it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Palpatine assigns Padme to spearhead this investigation to the secret accounts, ordering her work, uh, ordering, ordering her to work closely with Rush Clovis. Anakin tenses at this news, and Yoda can sense and, uh, this discomfort in the young Jedi. As the audience departs the office, Anakin hangs back to talk to Padme. He demands that she not work with Clovis, but Padme does not take too well to demands. Uh, she angrily insists that Anakin trust her and returns to Clovis. So, Mike, this is where, you know, you get that shot of Yoda and he looks, as Palpatine's saying this, and he looks at Anakin and he's like, whoa, you know, not, and he doesn't really have an expression, but you know from, from he's just got something going on like, whoa, you know, what's, why does Anakin seem like he's kind of upset about this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, and I'll ask this to you or anybody who's listening, do you, do you wonder if Palpatine is purposely doing this to Anakin to kind of just push him to the next level? You know what I mean? Like maybe he has a, an idea that he's got something with Padme and 
you know, he wants to get that jealousy and that rage and that hate to, to permeate. And is he doing, do you think he's doing this or is this just a coincidence that I'm th- seeing here? I think that uh, like many of the things, many of the, the decisions that Palpatine makes, um, he's, he's using every opportunity he can. Yeah. Um, and what he sees here is, is an opportunity not only to, to uh, manipulate the banks, um, but also to push Anakin and Padme away from one another, which pushes Anakin closer to the dark side, as we see right. in this episode, right? Oh yeah. So yeah. I, I do think I, I do think that he is using this as an opportunity. I don't think that it's necessarily like, oh, I'm gonna do all of this just so that I can do this to Anakin and Padme, but he is taking that as as a um a handy coincidence right right i like this is this is sort of the the perfect time to drive that wedge between them um and what this is gonna do is uh it's it's funny because it's uh it's sort of mirrors a comment that princess leia makes to tarkin in episode uh, in episode four Mm -hmm. uh that the tight harder the more you tighten your grip the more star systems will slip through your fingers right Mm -hmm. and and i think that's what's happening with anakin here is that the more he tightens his grip on padme yeah the more likely he is to lose her and so this is really the first time that he is forced to face that reality that Mm -hmm. that there is the potential that he could lose Padme in some way. Um, so then when he is later manipulated by Palpatine in episode three, uh, it, I believe it's the novelization that sort of mm-hmm. sheds light on that, that, that Palpatine was manipulating his dreams, right? That he was using the, the dark side to sort of put these images in, in into Anakin's head. Mm -hmm. Um, so that he would have these horrible dreams, um, similar to the dreams that he had told, uh, Palpatine about involving his mother. So, um, I, like I said, I think Palpatine uses every opportunity he can to push Anakin towards his ultimate fate. And this is just one example of that. Yeah, I think, you know, I I think it's debatable, but he's been following Anakin since he's been a little boy and he knows that he wants to groom this guy to be his next apprentice and yeah. and i just think personally i think he is he's pushing them to these crazy into these situations where he knows he's going to get angry he's going to get pissed he's going to get mad and i just i i personally i think he's doing that uh consciously so um mm-hmm. but it's I, again it is debatable but uh, go ahead michael finish continue uh on Sereno, Darth Sidious devises a plan placing Clovis in command of the banking clan. But first, Count Dooku must entrap the senator. On Coruscant, Anakin putters about tinkering with machine in his quarters in the Jedi Temple, when Obi-Wan arrives to talk to him about his clouded emotions. Anakin tries to dismiss it solely as finding Clovis untrustworthy, but Obi-Wan consents there is more. Kenobi brings up his feelings for Satine, and reminds Anakin that these feelings are natural, but Anakin insists he and Padme are only friends. Something wrong? You tell me. Not that I'm aware. Master Yoda feels that your judgments concerning Rush Clovis are clouded. I believe he can't be trusted. Yes, but there is more, isn't there? 
I sense a deep anger in you by my simply saying his name. He almost got Senator Amidala killed, and I would have been responsible. The Senator has risked her life many times. She's quite capable of taking care of herself. They had a relationship. Once, I simply feel she is vulnerable to her emotions. She is? Or you? What are you implying? Anakin, I understand to a degree what is going on. You've met Satine. You know I once harbored feelings for her. It's not that we're not allowed to have these feelings. It's natural. Senator Amidala and I are simply friends. And friends you must remain. As a Jedi, it is essential you make the right choice, Anakin. For the Order. I understand my responsibilities. Responsibilities that must be observed whatever relationship develops between Clovis and Senator Amidala. They have no relationship. It is simply business between them. Then we should have no problems. Should we? Wow, Mike. Uh, I, the first time I saw that, I was like, holy mackerel, what a scene that was. And yeah. I mean, there's so much going on here, so much to, to say. I mean, it's Obi-Wan basically. And here's the thing. We've always wondered, like, you know, how much does Obi-Wan know? I mean, it, it's for the, for years and years we've been wondering about this. You know, how much does he know about Anakin and Padme? And again, this is one of those debatable things. Some Some people might think, well... It, it sounds like from this that he knows something's going on. Does he know they're married? I don't know yet. So I think you can go either way. But he definitely knows that there is something going on. He he definitely cares for her more than he should. And he's even telling Anakin, Mike, he's even telling him, hey, listen, you know, I was sweet on Satine back in the day, and I was able to separate that, and, and we went on our separate ways. But he's definitely being that mentor. He's being that big brother. He's trying to help him out. And yeah. you can just see Anakin, he's, he's getting mad. And, oh, man, it was just a great scene. Great to hear James Arnold Taylor back and just those two, the banter back and forth. Uh, fantastic. What do you think, man? What do you, what do you think is going on here? Does he know, in your eyes, does Obi-Wan know what's going on? Or does he just think that there's, that he's, you know, kind of looking at Padme, maybe like a little more than he would anybody else. What's, what's your feeling on that? So I, I think that this confirms that, that Obi-Wan knows, knows that there's a relationship there. Right. Um, what that Maybe relationship not is. Yeah, right. I yeah. don't think that he quite gets that they're married. Mm-hmm. But he does know, he does understand that there's a relationship and that they are way closer than they should be. Because um, he's essentially telling Anakin, you need to you need to turn away from the path that you're on. Mm-hmm. Because it's there's a reason why, and he doesn't. He never really kind of gets into it because because Anakin goes on the defensive, but um, but there is that element of of him about to to explain why mm-hmm. a Jedi should not go down this path, right? Why why they need to be separate, and he's sort of trying to explain, you know. So, teen and i had a relationship of sorts and mm-hmm. you know i had to make a choice that sort of thing um and uh, and 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 it's 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 difficult for him to explain this is one of those moments that that i have a hard time with because we're supposed to believe that that this is taking place in season six according to the official continuity uh, of of the clone wars this takes place in season six, which I disagree with because I think that Obi-Wan's reaction to the Satine comment 
would have been very different if that were the case. But I uh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. In my mind, I play it as being a little bit more difficult for him to talk about. But uh, but yeah, it, it's it, it's there's a lot going on in this scene. Um, but I think the the core of it is Obi Wan trying to explain. Uh, yes. I know that there's something going on with mm-hmm. you and, Pad- and Padme um, and you need to not <laughs> have something going on <laughs> yeah. with Padme because it's going to, it's going to go wrong. It's, it's going to be bad uh, for everybody. Well, Mike, so. he's seen, he's seen how he reacts to her. I mean, remember yeah. episode two when she fell out of the gunship and he's yeah. going crazy. So, I mean, exactly. Like you said, I think he knows and he's got, he's going, dude, man, you, you can't, if not so many words as I don't think you can handle this. You know, you can't be like I was be able to distance yourself and yeah, man, everything's cool. He just can't do that. So, Wow, good stuff. And it even gets it even gets better here. Uh, that night in Padme's penthouse apartment, Clovis and Almadala return from a night at the opera to continue their research. Clovis has found that the separatists have not been paying interest on their loans, and yet the banking clan continues to lend what appears to be non-existent funds to both sides of the conflict. When Clovis steps too closely to Padme, she asks him to stop. Rush realizes it's Skywalker who holds Padme's heart. When Padme's denials become more emphatic, Clovis sees it as an opportunity to force a kiss on Padme. Uh, sorry. Uh, just then, the doors to the apartment open, and Anakin sees Clovis standing too close to his wife. His temper boils. With the force, Anakin grabs Clovis by the throat and hurls him across the room. Anakin ignites his lightsaber, but Padme, shocked, tells him to stop. At Clovis's goading, Anakin turns his weapon off and casts it aside as the two men begin a brutal brawl. Throughout this, Padme yells at them to stop, but they are incensed. Only after he has thoroughly pum- pummeled Clovis does Anakin stop, realizing he has dangerously lost control. So this is the moment, this is sort of what I've been alluding to since yeah. the beginning of this arc. Yeah. Uh, and that's that Anakin, Anakin definitely goes down a very dark path in this episode and we see we see just how uh, prone to the dark side he is at this point mm-hmm. just how close he is yeah. and we've seen it we've seen it in the Clone Wars before uh, and it, a lot of it has, has involved Ahsoka actually and uh, and and uh, you know trying to, to help her save her at, at times um, but I but I think that this other than episode three is the most dark side we've seen from Anakin. Yeah. Um, yeah. He goes crazy. Uh, I, I guess episode two as well, when he slaughters all those children and women and, uh, and, and Tuscans. But, uh, outside of the movies, I think, I think this is the most, uh, this is the most we've been indicated to, uh, his, uh, his, his dark side tendencies. Cause when we see him in episode three, it seems like he's kind of got a good handle on things. I mean, he kills Dooku, but, it's almost like he was mind tricked yeah. into doing it, right? Like right. it's almost like the emperor is sort of controlling him at that point. But, um, but yeah, he's really kind of lost it, and he's he's going down that path. It's, uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was great, and it, like you said, it, it starts off with you know Clovis. He's trying to put the moves on Padme, right? He's, he's yeah. throwing some game out there and see what he can get. You know, because they have this history together. 
And uh, then he actually realizes, well, you know, it's it's Skywalker, you know, isn't he supposed to not have any relationships? I mean, he knows yeah. he knows about the Jedi code even. So, I mean, it's not any secret. And uh, and then we get this great fight scene, you know. He, he comes in. Oh, I just love it. He comes in and he force chokes Clovis up in the air. And like, oh, yes, this is cool stuff right here. And then he gets the challenge from Clovis. Hey, fight like a man, you know. Don't use any of your tricks. Let's go, you know, mano a mano here. Let's see what happens. And, of course, still Anakin has, has the upper hand. And like you said, he just goes, he just gets, he just gets crazy. And he, do, and he doesn't even realize it until he's pounding on the dude, right? He's over the top of him, just boom, boom. And he looks up and he sees Padme and like, whoa, he kind of snaps out of it, you know? And like, what the heck am I doing? And like, he doesn't even know what's going on. He's just in that jealous rage. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're like, woo, look out, you know, because this is, and even Padme senses that she's, she's just freaked out, you know? This is, this is going in a bad route. And we'll see exactly what she's talking about here in a second here. Um, just then, the doors to the apartment open, and Anakin sees. Oh, that's a, there's a, it's there's a, the same paragraph. Oh, okay, my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, let's go here. Anakin sits on Padme's uh, veranda when she uh, she exits her room, where Clovis is being tended to. Anakin again attempts to apologize, but Padme refuses the apology. She questions if their union uh, of Anakin is. Let's see. She questions. Uh, their union, if any, it makes sense, does not uh, trust her. So she's questioning the union. Okay. She realizes their marriage is too steeped in lies and de- deception, and no marriage could sustain such strains. She suggests that they take a break from one another. How is he? Nothing that won't heal. I'm so sorry, Padme. I, I don't know what came over me. What's done is done. It's just when I saw you about to kiss him. And I regret that. But it was not what you thought. And you must know I don't care for Clovis. Don't you? I've told you why I'm doing this. But still, you refuse to accept it. You could have killed him, Anakin. I know. This marriage is not a marriage, Anakin. If there isn't any trust. We said at the beginning that this could be a terrible mistake. What exactly are you saying? That other people who are married have everything that we don't. Everything that we won't. We live in secret, Anakin. Like it or not, our relationship is built on lies and deception. No relationship can survive that. I know I went too far. It's just... It's just something inside me snapped. I don't know who's in there sometimes. I just know that I'm not happy anymore. I don't feel safe. But Padme... I think it's best if we don't see each other anymore. At least not for a while. I'm sorry, Anakin. Um, I'm sorry too. So, Mike, uh, another great scene, another powerful scene here. And, you know, I just want to mention too, before this, uh, when they come in, when, uh, is it Panaka that comes in? and Or no, Typho. Uh, Typho. Typho comes in. And... Clovis doesn't give up Anakin, which I thought that was a kind of a shock to me for a minute there. Uh, he he kind of goes with the straights and hey, someone broke in. So he kind of thought that Clovis was going to be this is going to cause a problem, but he ends up sticking up for Anakin. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But let's get to this scene though. You know, this is crazy, Mike. I mean, here is Padme pretty much putting it out on the table like, hey, this marriage is not working. Uh, she says, 
that yeah. uh, they're, you know, what did she say? Uh, oh, lies and deception. Their marriage is just a bunch of lies. I mean, they have to hide around everything. They can't, they can't uh, be together any time in public. She's just, this is everything that, I remember the, the scene in episode two when they're frolicking in the, you know, whatever in the, the fields and all that. And that is what she wanted as, as a marriage, not what it is now. And she's finally realizing that, well, you know, this is, this isn't working. You know, this is not what I wanted. And, and she even says here, Hey, it's, we got to take a break. You know, I can't see you anymore. I mean, you're just going crazy. And I, I'm assuming Mike, that this is the last time that they're actually going to be together. And then the next time is when they meet in episode three. Is, does that make sense? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm trying to, to remember later on in this arc and then this season. I, I, I was trying to remember how this, mm-hmm. this plays out uh, when I was watching it earlier today. And I can't remember exactly how this ends. So we'll have to talk about that next week when we get there. But uh, I don't... I don't think it's left on these terms. I, I do think that they, they, that there might be another moment between them. Hmm. Um, okay. Because there's still a whole other episode to this arc left, uh, and uh, and and some other stuff's gonna happen. So okay. Um, I thought maybe that was it. That was the last time they saw. It. Like it kind of makes sense because she says, "Hey, you know, we, let's take a break. We need to separate for a while." And then I thought maybe. It led into episode three when they finally meet again. You know, he kind of sees her off in the corner. And yeah. Talking. So, huh. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, anything you want to add to this, though, this scene, Mike? <clears throat> no. I, no, I mean, I, I, I think you got most of it. It's, it's, uh, it is cool to see their relationship kind of tested mm-hmm. and to see it, uh, to see how far Padme is willing to go yeah. with him because I think in, in episode three, we see I uh, we see a Padme that knows that this is in Anakin that knows that there's this darkness mm-hmm. and uh, and we didn't really know why because um, when Obi-Wan shows up she kind of talks about you know there's some he's not he's not who he was before there's you know uh, but he couldn't have done what you said he did. Like she's seen him and how far he's willing to go. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting element to the character, and it definitely adds more depth to mm-hmm. to their relationship, and uh, makes you understand less about Padme, but more so about Anakin and his perspective with with Padme and how he feels about her and, and the, the ownership sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Joy. No, it was a really good scene. I enjoyed the scene and, and just yeah. that whole, wow, the tension between these two now, I mean, Anakin's starting to really tension with him and, and he's just jealous. His jealousy is just starting to really, you know, yeah. come to a head here. So, um, I think, go ahead, Mike. I think you're... Yeah. Uh, in Padme's bedroom where Clovis recovers, the medical droid suddenly reveals itself to be a servant of Count Dooku. The droid produces a holographic projector from which an imposing image of the Count appears. Clovis tells Dooku that he is closing in on, inco- on uncovering illegal collusion between the banking clan and the Confederacy leadership. Dooku instead offers to make an alternate arrangement. Dooku offers to help make Clovis the head of the banks. Dooku knows the location of the misappropriated funds and can make them available to Clovis to help make his claim to the Senate. So uh, this is, again, 
Palpatine playing both sides against the middle, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which we, this is it's the genius of the character is that he is the leader of the Separatists and the leader of the Republic, and he's set them <laughs> to war yeah. against one another, and uh, and and is just slowly gaining control of everything uh, as he does so. So, like, I, I think uh, this is this is very masterfully done and 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 very clever on on palpatine's part use it because i don't even think dooku understands no that's what i get how much he's being used here yeah that's exactly what i i had written down it's like i don't know that even dooku is really fully aware of yeah the the manipulation that's going on here so uh clovis acts on this information and a hasty meeting is called in palpatine's office immune representative reports that their government has seized the illegal accounts and that the core five has been arrested in an act of appreciation, the Confederacy government has endorsed Clovis to be the head of the banking clan, an endorsement that Chancellor Palpatine echoes. So he's got Chancellor Palpatine's vote, and he's got the endorsement of the clan. Now he's got to take it to the, the Senate and see if he can get favor from the Senate. So that's where we are right now. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, Palpatine leaves the Senate chamber and sees Anakin troubled. Skywalker tells the Chancellor that it is a mistake to trust Clovis but Palpatine is far wilier. He admits to Anakin that he doesn't trust Clovis either and hopes that putting him into the spotlight like this will allow for his true character to be exposed. Hi, boy. I can tell this has been a difficult time. I've known you too long not to see something is troubling you. Your Excellency, forgive me, but you have made a mistake by trusting Clovis. Have I? Rest assured, my public endorsement of Clovis is not the same as my private confidence in him. Then what exactly is going on here? We will watch him closely. I don't dispute your distrust of him. I think there is something we haven't unearthed yet. And I would very much like for it to surface. But people have been hurt. Could be hurt in the process. Let us make sure that doesn't happen. Shall we? So, Mike, like I said earlier, um, you know, I think with that first scene with Palpatine and and, and him, him, yeah. you know, with Padme and the Clovis thing and Anakin, again, he's doing it here again. He's he's putting uh, some trust in Clovis, but he knows that something's going to go crazy, and he knows Anakin's going to be there to to probably help deal with it. I don't know. That's just, I'm just ballparking here, but it's gonna it's gonna be another one of those things where maybe Anakin. Uh, gets manipulated again and he's doing it right here and he has a smirk on his face as as the scene ends mm-hmm. you know he kind of walks away and he has a smirk like yeah everything is you know he's just relishing in just the stuff that he's doing it's just uh he's he's loving it and he's gonna have anakin by his side pretty soon as new apprentice so um and and just before that scene clovis is actually nominated he gets the endorsement and now he's going to be the the new head of the banking clan so that's where we headed uh, next episode. But we finished it up, Mike. Anything you want to add in this very end with Palpatine and Anakin? No, I mean I think I think it's the, the same as we've been talking about the whole time. Is yeah. that Palpatine's just moving Anakin into position mm-hmm. for the end game, right? That's that's what's going on here. So yeah, yeah. That's it uh, for this episode. Uh, next week, Mike, we're going to be talking, or actually, we're going to be finishing up yep. this three-part arc with the Clovis arc. And uh, here's a quick preview of. Crisis. How are you liking your new office? 
I must say you look very comfortable behind that desk. Count Duco, what do I owe the pleasure? Come, come, my boy. You don't think I'd let such an important day pass without wishing you the best of luck. Thank you, but luck has nothing to do with it. The transfer has occurred without a hitch. Well, of course it has. The separatists are fully behind your appointment. After all, aren't we the ones who put you there? So, Mike, uh, there it is. You know, uh, here's Dooku back again, and it says, After making a deal with Count Dooku to resuscitate the alien banking clan, Clovis finds himself a pawn in Dooku's designs. Clovis has brought the war to Scipio, forcing the Republic to intervene. So it looks like we're going to have, uh, we're going to finish this uh, arc up, Mike, with a, a little mm-hmm. battle here on uh, on Scipio. So I'm excited to see what happens with that. And then, it, you know, we get some more, I'm sure we'll get more Count Dooku and and how his involvement is and the ultimate fate of Clovis, maybe. Uh, don't spoil me, but maybe. We'll see what happens, huh? Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. I'm still wondering if there's anybody else out there that is taking this one at a time. I think I might be the only one, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm enjoying doing that, though. You know, it's you haven't broken yet, then. No, so you know, you're, you're still. Well, I I do watch the first couple minutes of the the next episode just to get kind of a tease okay. of what's going on. But no, I don't. I don't go more than a couple couple three or four minutes in. So yeah, I'm I'm still staying true to one a week and uh, just kind of taking it one at a time. So it's been fun doing that. But uh, that is it. For this week, gang. Nice work. Yeah, Mike. that's it. Uh, yeah, we're 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 uh, we're all done. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com, uh, where you can get all of your latest Clone Wars news, which there is none of at the moment because uh, <laughs> we're kind of done with the Clone Wars. But I, uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, that is at Clone Wars, uh, and uh, you can head over to Facebook, facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast to join our group and uh, and uh, to join our Facebook page, and from there you can find the group. And uh, as always, you guys can email us, mail at clonewarspodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, hear what you think about uh, the different uh, episodes that we're talking about, but... Uh, I think I understand that everybody has already watched it, and uh, now they're just waiting for us to put out podcasts. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I, they can always, you know, Mike, save it till I, I'm sure we're yeah. gonna do a final, oh, oh, ever yeah, encompassing sure. season one through six, like big goodbye to everybody, and and maybe they can, if they want to save their emails for that, maybe that'd be kind of cool to get a bunch of uh, emails to talk about the whole yeah, Clone Wars sure. as a whole. So. For sure. That'd be kind of Yeah. Cool. Uh, but uh, that's it yeah. for this week. So we will catch you guys next week for uh, Crisis at the Heart. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. So Matt's recording. Talk. Uh, tell us. Oh, what, why is it your favorite? Why is it your favorite so, episode, yeah. Carl? Oh, it's just so good. Um, you just, okay, you start with the scene with Anakin and his apartment. First off, love that because you see um, how Anakin has personalized his space, which I think is, again, very unique from all the other Jedi. Um, he's still attached to his past. Um, you know, he's got the Boonta Eve race poster, or I don't know if it's exactly the Boonta Eve race, but it's definitely a pod racing poster. Um, Anakin, his, his, he still finds his identity through his life as a slave. And I think that's really important because... Um, he still identifies himself in some degrees as a, as a piece of property. Um, so it, it really brings up his, 
kind of like emotional instability. So when he sees his relationship with Padme being threatened by Clovis, uh, I mean, it just pushes him right over the edge, which is fantastic. You've got this... It's it's my favorite fight, no doubt, hands down. I like it even more than the uh, Palpatine versus uh, Maul and Savage, where you've got Anakin versus Clovis in a fist fight. I just think it's so cool because it's so not typical Star Wars um, that it's so good for like Clovis to threaten him and be like, let's see what you've got without all your Jedi skills. <laughs> he just comes at him full <laughs> yeah. force, and you see that Anakin... It, which which is kind of cool because you always think you know are the are the Jedi really just powerful because of the Force and Anakin really knows how to hold his own even without using the Force, um, and like the beatdown he puts on Clovis, is for a cartoon, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, I mean, again, this is a, a show you know that is is certainly meant to attract children, and it, this is a little bit it's almost a little brutal um, because I think it shows just the way Anakin fights when he's emotionally upset and you know, that, that reaction of Padme's of just, it's like she, she is horrified by Anakin's response that she tells him that we need some space. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the the reason I like that so much is because it resonates with some of my own real life experience. Not that I've ever beaten the crap out of somebody, by the way, (laughs) let me clarify. (laughs) Um, But just, just knowing that like awful feeling of, of when you, when you act like a total jerk and the person you really care about kind of calls you on that. So not only do they make you aware of kind of this this inner darkness inside of yourself, which isn't so pretty. You don't want to look at that. But on top of it, the person that you care about most wants to step away from you. You've kind of scared them off. And I think that it really humanizes Anakin. He's he's so shooken up by what he's done. And so is Padme that, um, that you know, that, that separation really just – I don't know. This this episode really like it pulls at my heart and it and it just like pulls at my excitement. Um, and I think that that makes it a great episode. So, in a nutshell, there you go, folks. Carl's corner right there. In the <laughs> awesome podcast. All right. No, it, yeah, no. It's I liked it too. When the first thing he does when he comes in, he force chokes him. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and how awesome is good. the shot too? You know, like I mean, as he's walking oh. in. Yeah. Like panning up, like you just see his legs and the lightsaber ignite too, and you know, mm-hmm. like leave her or does he say let her go or leave her alone or uh, get away from her? I get away from her. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, and this is the big point where you said, uh, you know, Padme finally realizes like, holy crap, this is not the marriage that I signed up for. Uh, well, it kind of goes that in the later in the episode, but yeah, that's what we talk about in the in the podcast as well as she's finally just said, man, I can't handle this anymore. You know, we don't have a marriage here. This is a big lie. And she talks about lies and deceits and all that. So that was a huge turning point. And, and it seems like their relationship. I thought I asked Mike this. I thought that was the last time they were going to see each other until episode three, when they meet again in the beginning. But it sounds like maybe I see, I haven't seen the rest of the episodes. I'm, I'm only seeing them one, really? one at a time. So I have no idea if, if we're going to see her again or so not. You haven't so that's seen the other part. So, no, no, I'm taking them that's one week awesome. at a time. Yeah, I no, but that's really cool. I mean, you'll have it. Fr- you'll have a fresh perspective. Yeah, I just I, every week I, I watch. Yeah, he's, somebody and... needs to give you an award for most disciplined Star Wars fan because <laughs> it's ridiculous how like I it bothers me that you're waiting. <laughs> it's like it's like, but he hasn't seen all these things. Oh my god. 
<laughs> yeah. I have these ideas, and I go, Mike, can you can you shed any light on that? He's like, well, but I, I won't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, not really. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. Yeah. So. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always. <laughs>